Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Welcome to Growing in Grace. All right. I thought I would try that and see what it sounded like. That was—I even scared myself on that one. I'm trying to figure out who you're trying to be. If it's a bad version of Yoda, if you're trying to be a Muppet, or a scary movie. I don't want to say. Or what? Um, it was my old English teacher, and she was a wonderful woman, by the way. Your old English teacher. <laughs> Had this long black hair, but she wore gloves to cover it up. But uh, no. Hey, welcome to Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler yes. here. Joel Brzezicki right over there, and. We're going to talk about the. This is probably somebody's first program of listening to us, and this is what they <laughs> Poor got. People, uh, we feel sorry we, for you <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for even tuning in in the first place. Never mind what just happened there. <laughs> yes. If you want to see a demonstration of God's grace, just listen to us for a while, and you'll realize, man, if these guys can be saved, anybody can. They need grace. Big time. <laughs> But now, changing things a little here, <laughs> we are here to talk, to talk go, about... Let's go from low to overdrive. Here we go. <laughs> let's talk about grace, God's grace. You know, truly speaking, though, this message of God's grace and of his unconditional love, you know, in reality, this is the reality of what's happening in the world today. Lives are being transformed. People are really experiencing a change in their life, you know, transformation in their life that they never found under a ministry in which they're constantly being uh, taught laws, rules, uh, principles for Christian living. We understand that people often have good intentions when they invite people to come to church, and then the message every week is a list of things to do, or, you know, principles for being a good husband, principles to carry with you at work, principle after principle after principle, and a lot of churches make them rules and and laws, and they tie God's laws into it, and people get tired of it. They figure they just can't do it, and then they come to the end of themselves, the end of their rope, so to speak, and they, guess what they do? They turn to the Lord. They turn to God's grace, and there they find rest, they finally find peace, they find joy, and their lives are transformed in a way that they never had been able to find before. That's really what the message that we talk about here on Growing in Grace is about. It's about transforming lives. It's not about upholding a you know some sort of a, a sin standard where we're just asking people to go out and sin, like some people accuse us of. We're not running from Jesus, we're not running from uh, anything we're running to God, and, and we're representing, hopefully, His grace and His love towards His people. And so that's really what we're about here on Growing in Grace. Well, at school back in session, all this talk about uh, principles, it turns out they were just our tutor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm I took sorry. a big sip of tea after, uh, so I, I was going to spit <laughs> it out if I would have laughed too hard there. <laughs> we're going to have to get you a bowl or something. You're always drinking that tea and I'm trying not, to just, hold it in. This, you know what? I like my tea and my Growing in Grace. Well, I wish I drank more of it, to be honest with you, because this Dr. Pepper is going to kill me. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tea, I've just found nothing bad about it. 
Yeah. Hey, Joel, um, kind of, I don't know. I, I don't want to say springboarding off of what you were just talking about, but let's get into something here because the church world and, and what I want to get into here is the change of priesthood that has mm. occurred going from the old covenant, which the Jews were under, of course, the Jewish people, and, and the new covenant where Jesus became our high priest. That's where I want to head with this now. So with that in mind, the church world as a whole, and I, I realize that this isn't including everybody and every pastor and every church organization or any of that, but the vast majority, generally speaking, in the religious world has focused on teaching a message of the old covenant Jewish law that we Gentiles were never under, the commandments that came through Moses, and and we at the earliest age we we often teach that these are principles that we are to adhere to and and cling to and apply to our lives. Some of that old covenant stuff that was handed down to to Israel, we've applied it to our church world, our our new covenant. And we've, we've mixed them together, and, and as we've talked many times on Growing in Grace, we, you can't mix the two covenants. It just it does not work. You can't mix the new wine with the old wineskins or, or, or vice versa. They, they, it just bursts. It, it do, it doesn't, they don't contain. And, mm-hmm. um, and so with that in mind, I'm going to flip this over to you here, Joel. But what I want to get into is the fact that if we are supposed to be under this old covenant law, if we as Gentiles, here's how a lot of people think, they think, well, we Gentiles were brought into the Jewish covenant, and yes, there were some changes, some amendments to it with the new covenant, but we've been brought into that. We're engrafted Jews now, and um, so we have some of these commandments and things that are still supposed to be fulfilled through us. Yeah, I know that's what a lot of people think, and you know, the uh, book of Ephesians, in, in Ephesians, Paul wrote that uh, there was going to be one new man. Paul writes, in Christ there's neither Jew nor Gentile. And in Ephesians, he writes that the wall, there was this barrier, these written commandments that was against us and contrary to us, and that had to be taken out of the way in order for this one new man, not Jewish, not a Gentile man, but one new man from the two. And so in Christ, we're not Jews, and we're not Gentiles. We're not this new Jewish nation, uh, and we don't join the Jews. We're not grafted into the Jews. We're grafted into a new man. It's a new thing. And so anyway, that's a kind of a side point there, but I'm looking at Psalm 110, and this will lead up to something we're going to talk about here. In Psalm 110, it's, kind of, it's one of these messianic psalms talking about Jesus Christ, in my in the New King James, it says uh, the title here: "Announcement of the Messiah's Reign." Now, that wasn't in the original Bible, but that's what the authors um, of this book put. Uh, the New King James. It says, "You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek," and that is so important because, Cap, you were talking about a passage here in Hebrews. Uh, where it talks about uh, Melchizedek, Hebrews 7, 11. Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, you were talking about the priesthood there, for under it the people received the law, under the Levitical priesthood, if perfection were through that, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek? That's Jesus, of course. And not be called according to the order of Aaron. For the priesthood being changed... Of necessity, there is also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe. 
from which no man has officiated at the altar. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. The scriptures said that the uh, priesthood had to come out of Aaron, not out of the tribe of Judah. And so, long story short here, what you find in Hebrews 7 is that Jesus, being from the order of Melchizedek, is greater than Aaron, is greater than Abraham, is greater than the Levite priesthood. And so Jesus himself takes the place of the Old Covenant. And so our priesthood, our, our high priest, is Jesus Christ. And so I think what you were starting to get at, Cap, there is that if people want to put themselves under the law, if we're saying that we need to follow the law, then we've got to go back to that old priesthood. You can correct me if I'm not understanding you right here, but we got to go back under that old priesthood where you got to follow the law, and you got to follow all of it. If you follow all the laws but break one, you're guilty of breaking them all. You're putting yourself back under that, under that old priesthood, the Levite priesthood, whereas in Christ, it's He is our high priest. Yeah, exactly, and and that's the point. It, announcement to the church world: uh, If you're going to try to work the commandments into the new covenant and various parts of the law into the new covenant, then you have to crank up the old priesthood. These mediators that were the go-between between us and God, they were the mediator. They stood between. Uh, not really. When I say us, I'm talking about the people back at that time. So just uh, I'll just say that for the sake of argument. So they stood between us and God, these old Jewish priests appointed by the law, um, and they were temporary because when, when a, a priest died, another one would take its place. Whereas the new high priest, uh, according to the order of Melchizedek, Jesus Christ, who brought in the new priesthood, uh, at the same time brought in a change of law, when he came in, his priesthood is now permanent. His priesthood is permanent under the new covenant. But if you want to go back to the old, as we talked about, I think, a few programs ago, Paul said in Galatians, if you want to go back to that, then you have fallen from grace. You have nullified the promise that was given to Abraham and, and would be administered to both Jew and Gentile. If you're going to go back to that, you've got to crank up the old priesthood. Your pastor isn't going to get it done. Uh, under the commandments of the law. It's just not going to work. The, the bad news is, though, even if you were to crank up the old priesthood, <laughs> there's, there's definitely some bad news here with this. It won't do you any good because that, that mediator, the old priest that was between uh, the Jews and God, they had no power to take away sins. Jesus came to do the will of God and to get rid of all those copies and shadows of, of the old priesthood and the old sacrifices and the old law. And, and he, he brought in the real thing that those things were just copies of. They were all looking for the final sacrifice of Jesus Christ. They, they weren't the thing that was going to redeem us. Uh, so there was this change of priesthood with Jesus Christ, and you can compare it with the fact that the priests sacrifi they sacrificed animals. They repeated them. They kept standing. Uh, Jesus, he didn't sacrifice animals. He sacrificed himself. He did it once. He didn't repeat it, and he sat down and the job was finished. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, you're talking about how your pastor's not going to get the job done. The church makes a big mistake today, thinking that pastors are the new covenant priests. That's absolutely not right. Pastors are simply a gift uh, out of many gifts that God gave the church to help the church to function right. One gift of many, again. But it, the pastor is not a modern-day priest. But either way, 
with those old covenant priests and with the old covenant people, Hebrews 8, 8 says, finding fault with them, God says he needs, he's going to make a new covenant. There was a problem with the people. That's why that old covenant would never work. And so if we're going to go back under the law, we're going to go back into something that didn't work. As we wrap up here for this week, Galatians 3.17, you know, talks about how this law, which was 430 years after the promise made to Abraham. See, this promise that was made to Abraham, that's what we are the inheritors of. That's what we have inherited in Christ. The law, which was 430 years after that promise, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. See, if we're going to be living our Christian lives as if we need to be following the law, then we've made the promise of no effect. God promised something that he gave as a gift. He intended to give it as a gift because no man could ever do it. And so let's not make the promise of no effect by trying to keep the law or trying to put ourselves under the law. We need to realize that it's all a gift and it's all by God's promise and nothing else. And so these two things, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, can't be mixed. You can't mix the gift with something that you earn by what you do. The two aren't compatible. And so we're going to talk more about that next week, mixing the mix. Next week, right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.